We back. Let's be real, man. Episode 184. How y'all doing? I'm I'm lovely. Just staying man, away bro. from Mississippi right now. But Mississippi. You know, it is what it is. I'm good, bro. I need <laughs> help, help. Please, if y'all can, try to send some water to Jackson because they desperately need it. Is that bad? Yes, it is. It is. Ter- we'll get into it because it's it's a lot to unpack with Mississippi. But how y'all doing out there? Let's be real. What's good? You know somebody who ain't wake up straight. <laughs> uh-uh. uh, man, three man weaving it today, man. Skyler, man, be safe out there in Pittsburgh, my guy. Uh, she did. You know he got busy. His daughter's birthday, so happy birthday to baby Aleo. Um, yeah, we back here, fellas. Brett, let's be ready for the intro video. out for a week but we're back this week with none other than tunica trevor good old tunica trevor what's good everybody um so last week was null and void because we didn't record so i didn't get a chance to make any picks last week or put anything out but from the previous week um i had a pretty decent week going two and one with my uh three games that i had picked for college um came now literally to a blocked extra point, which prevented me from having a perfect weekend. But, you know, it is what it is. What is is greater than what if. Uh, so, um, and as far as the win totals for our respective teams, we will touch on that at the midway point of the season. All right, so just going to get right into it. Uh, my two college picks for the week. Uh, first and foremost, I have the Oklahoma Sooners as a 10-and-a-half favorite over Nebraska. Of course, Nebraska just recently fired their coach, Scott Frost, after starting, I believe, 0-2 this season. Uh, so they have their interim coming in. Um, Oklahoma's, of course, having another decent start to their season, being Oklahoma. Uh, I think 10 and a half is a pretty decent spread for them. It was at 13 and a half. It was at that uh, much. I mean, it's still two scores, but uh, they're dropping the 10 and a half. Just lets me know it's pretty much within their good range for Oklahoma. I expect the Nebraska to come out, play for pride, play for their new coach, um, and probably keep it interesting. But I think Oklahoma pulls away late. Uh, so give me the Sooners at 10 and a half as a 10 and a half favorite over Nebraska. Uh, my next college game and potentially an upset of the week, uh, I got the Miami Hurricanes, the U, as a seven-point underdog against Texas A&M. Uh, of course, Texas A&M coming off that horrendous loss at home to uh, Appalachian State. Uh, they're now going into a new quarterback um, after the first two games of the season. Uh, Miami looks good thus far. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami won this game, but a touchdown uh, underdog, I think, is a, a decent uh, go around for the Hurricanes here. So give me Miami as a seven point underdog today against Texas AM. And shifting things over to Sunday um, for the NFL, I don't know why. And I hope my brother in Pittsburgh brings good luck because, of course, anytime he goes to a game, that respective home team is undefeated. 
But I don't know why the New England Patriots are a two and a half favorite in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Yes, I know TJ Watt is not playing. I know TJ Watt is going to be out for quite some time. But nothing New England did last week against the Miami Dolphins really told me anything that they can go into Pittsburgh and actually win this game. Yes, TJ Watt, again, is out. But I think this defense is still pretty formidable, and I think they can get to Mac Jones. And of course, Mac Jones is still nursing that bad back, and Matt Patricia is still calling plays on offense. So uh, give me the Steelers, actually, as a two-and-a-half-point underdog in Pittsburgh against the Patriots. Uh, I, I just think that's just too good of a bet to pass up there. And, uh, of course, another sure thing, uh, coming off – the loss last week to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me Cincinnati as a touchdown favorite against Dallas. Uh, unfortunately, Dallas lost Dak Prescott. Of course, he's going to be out for quite some time with his hand injury. Um, I think his the backup name is what uh, Cooper Rush, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not much really to expect from him. Didn't really see much of him, so I really don't know. I expect Cincinnati to have a bounce back game after blowing that game against the uh, Steelers last week. Jamar Chase is already calling out uh, Trayvon Diggs, so I expect some something interesting there uh, for this primetime game of the week. So give me Cincinnati um, over Dallas as a touchdown favorite. So I'll do something new today. Uh, I'll go with my player prop of the week. If you didn't want to bet on the games, you could, uh, here's a good uh, player prop. Give me Aaron Rodgers to go over uh, 248 yards passing today against the Bears. Um, I think after last week against the Vikings, after everyone's talking about that missed touchdown drop, pretty sure he got into his receivers in practice this week. Yes, the Bears had that huge win at home against the 49ers, uh, but it's the Bears. They're they're still in, in shambles. And then they had the weather on their side of that one. So in Lambeau, give me Aaron Rodgers to go over 248 today in passing yards. And uh the best local bet for the week, if you just want to stay home in the great state of Memphis or in the state of Tennessee, uh, honestly, truthfully, give me Akron as a 47-and-a-half-point underdog against the Vols. I'm not picking Akron to win against the Vols. I just don't think the Vols will cover that spread at, 40, at 48 points. I think the Vols take care of business early, and then they pull their starters in the fourth quarter as they start to rest up to get ready for the big game next week uh, at Neyland against Florida. So uh, to kind of wrap this all up, uh, my four games for the week, uh, Oklahoma, 10.5-point favorite against Nebraska. Miami, 6.5-point underdog against Texas A&M. The Steelers, a 2.5-point underdog against the Patriots. The Bengals, a touchdown favorite against Dallas. If you want to do a player prop of the week, Aaron Rodgers over 248 yards passing. And if you want to keep it local, take Akron as the 48-point underdog against the Vols. So. Questions, concerns, comments on these picks. Thank uh a little too late. I think my dad already took that over of Tennessee B Akron by 47 or 48. <laughs> I think he asked me about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah, because honestly, what I think was gonna happen, Tennessee's gonna jump on them early and then they're gonna uh-huh. pull their starters. And I think Akron gets either a touchdown or a field goal late to kind of mess up the spread. Yeah, I agree with that too as well. Uh, but I did see something. I told him to go and take it because I saw they lost to Michigan State 52 to nothing. It was 52 was, to nothing. Yeah. I was like, Michigan State, a big 10 team can do that. 
Tennessee should cover the spread. <laughs> but to your point, the thing about the spreads is that, like, if he does backdoor coverage, like, I picked the Chargers yeah. at four and a half the other night. They scored the touchdown late in the game to get under four and a half to win the bet. So, stuff like that, I always have to <laughs> Yeah, I want to say it'll, it'll be like some of a backdoor type of thing to cover. So, uh, yeah, that's why I took Akron there. And if you're looking at for Memphis, Memphis is a two touchdown favorite today against uh, Arkansas State. Just for those wondering about the Tigers. Yep. We got the comment, of course, man. What up, Ryan? He said, What up, what up Ryan? What's good? Right. Pleasure to meet him, too. I met him last week at uh, the Mr. Titans event. So, definitely a good event. And speaking of Titans, let's go to the NFL week one overreactions. Uh, so, you know, to just try and limit it, let's still stick with our favorite teams. Uh, I guess I can start first since I actually was in person to see my team do what we normally do. Um, overreaction for me is AJ Brown wanted out of Tennessee and it had nothing to do with money. It had to do with the offensive uh, offensive coordinator. That's my week one overreaction. That way, Todd Downers caught the plays in that, in that damn game last week. Um, I can see why AJ Brown won't help. <laughs> he wouldn't make no difference. <laughs> he was still on his team. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, we was up 13 nothing. The first drive in the third quarter, we went three and out. If I was at the game by myself, I was with my guy Dom, man. Shout out to Dom. We had fun. It was a great weekend. Got to meet Ron Slay uh from uh, you know UT. If I could, I would have left the games out there by myself. I would just watch it on my phone on the way back to Memphis. I, like, I got three hour ride back home. I, I could watch this mess at the, oh, you know, on the way back home. I already knew it was about to happen. And it happened. Exactly how it was about to happen. To the point that I wanted New York to go for a two point conversion so I could just go ahead and get my butt on back to Memphis. <laughs> so that's my reaction. I think, I think money had something to do with it, but I think it was more than just money. I think it was deeper than it. I think he knew they had the trash offense coordinator coming back. He knew the Eagles, although the Eagles are a running team, they like to pass. They wanted to pass. They tried to pass last year. So he knew more creative play calling and everything. So I think he, it was more than just money why he wanted out. So that's my weak point of reaction. Okay. I really don't have an overreaction per se for the Steelers because nobody picked the Steelers to beat the Bengals in week one, except for me. I'm just going to – I'll claim that because I did say in the – Pittsburgh season preview that they could steal that game in Cincinnati, but nobody, you know, listened to me. But that's okay. Uh, but if I had to choose an overreaction, it would probably one of course obviously was TJ Watt. Uh, because we thought when he tore his peck, it was like all the Steeler Nation was dead silent, just waiting on their report. We thought he was done for the season. And nine says out of ten, with that type of injury, again, if it's a minimal, if it didn't require surgery, could come back in six weeks, which eventually was the case. Uh, but at that moment, all of us were thinking that he's gonna be out, he was gonna be out for the season. But thankfully, he's only gonna miss six weeks and we'll get him back, I believe, in week 10 when we play against the New Orleans Saints. But another overreaction, um I may have is we may have found our own version of Debo Samuel. And that is Chase Claypool. Uh, for those that don't know, oh. Chase Claypool was our leading rusher in that game against Cincinnati and not Najee Harris. It's nothing against Najee Harris. Yes, our offensive line is still abysmal. It can definitely use a lot of improvement because Mitchell Trubisky was running for his life out there. And Najee Harris could not get anything probably until late in the fourth quarter. But utilizing Chase Claypool in the kind of role that San Fran does with Debo Samuel is kind of a bright spot here, but it's also an overreaction because I wouldn't go so far as to say he's like Debo Samuel, but if you're using him in that 
that capacity to kind of get him out in open space as opposed to trying to make him be 6'5", basically make him be 6'5", which he doesn't play tall at all. Um, but, yeah, our own quote-unquote Debo Samuel, I guess you can call it great value Debo Samuel, Chase Claypool, and TJ Watt um, not missing the entire season is probably my overreactions I'll have for the Steelers after week one. Nice. Also, I got one more for two go. Uh, it's not for the Titans, but dealing with their game, Saquon Barkley gonna win comeback player of the year. Calling it now. That's my overreaction to that performance. Not if he don't beat the guy that I got have a comeback player of the year, which I run a good Mac this year. So, I mean, that's the, I mean, uh, this week, so that's a good time, buddy. Um, so I think an overreaction, um, with the Panthers is that I think overall it'll probably be the loss o- overall, really, because. If you look at Christian McCaffrey, and I guess that's an overreaction as well, he only had 10 carries. He only had literally like four four or five in the first half. And I think that was kind of like I had an issue with, but at the same time, I think because it was really game one, first time I think they wanted to see what Baker had, you know, kind of put the Baker the ball in Baker hands a little bit more. So I can get why people would overreact is only seeing 10 carries by Christian McCaffrey. But the the with the fact that Baker had four fumbles with him in the backup center because the backup center, you know, we had, um, he's not that good. Um, we missing Bradley Bozeman. He'll be coming back hopefully soon, but there were like four, you know, screwed up passes, you know what I'm saying? That could have been a race, but you know, we still got him and we still was able to actually have the lead within the one minute mark, you know, one and a half minute mark. Like we had the lead and out of all the kickers that want to miss field goals on that Sunday, the rookie is the only one that didn't miss one. <laughs> so uh, we lost by a field goal, but I think the, the most overreaction is Chris McCaffrey not putting the ball in his hands. It's coming because when it when we did put the ball in his hands, when we did look like a balanced offense, we looked like a, a decent football team offensively for real. So I can't wait to see what we do against this Giants team. Um, you know, the Giants, they missing a bunch of defensive backs. So, we should we should definitely win this one for sure. Um, but we'll see. You 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 got you got Barkley win a comeback player of the year. Hopefully, I would just like to see a good season from Barkley. Period. Honestly, so hey, um, that's I just was, Barkley. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about the game, and that's why I enjoyed the game because I was like, yeah, the Titans my team, but I like Saquon Barkley as well. And right. I come to, I come to see a good performance, and he yeah. put on the show. Like I could, I was like, you know, hey, I'm actually glad to I'm witnessing this in person. As a person who was a power on Saquon Barkley coming out, actually seeing him be healthy and actually see what he is as a healthy person, so as a healthy player, a superstar. So How I was many yards like, did he have? 164. We gave up like 150 to Chubb, so he, he, he'll have a pretty decent Is that game. on the ground or is that from scrimmage? That was on the ground. I think he had like 190 from wow. scrimmage. Uh, Ryan probably know. He uh, said that on his show. Uh, Ryan also said the same thing about AJ Brown, what I just said earlier too. So great man, stick a light for you. Uh, yeah, okay. So that run will probably get off, but I, I like the fact that we only held uh, Amari Cooper to like forty yards too. Like JC Horn did a really, really good job on Amari Cooper. So I'm, I'm excited. Exactly. I'm, I hate to be this guy, but was it really JC Horn or was it Jacoby Brissett not being able to find him and give him the ball? Uh, it may have been a little bit of both. I'm again, I'm not knocking JC Horn. No, 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 right, right. Because I, I think he's a, a de- pretty decent corner, pretty good corner, but mm-hmm. I, I just think I there wouldn't be some I would hang my hat on, especially with, with 
the quarterback situation going on in Cleveland right now until Deshaun Watson gets back. So sure, but, sure. I, I feel you, but Jacoby Brissett was doing he was doing pretty good. Like the third yeah, he was, was doing him on third downs for sure. So I'm like, man, if, if, if this is who the Browns have as backup, they'd be all right. They'd be all right. Yeah. And you literally answered my question too. We're talking about the Panthers because I literally thought that um, y'all would actually be better if you had a more balanced attack instead of just um, putting the ball in Baker's hands because that's what made them successful in Cleveland. Let's just be honest. Having a more balanced attack, and I think with him having CMC who can definitely get it done on the ground, catching it out the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this week, this first game for y'all was, like you said, just wanting to see what Baker can do. Now that you know that you could probably have a little bit more success with a more balanced attack, we'll we'll see how you guys are looking in week two. And it, it, it's just the, the game flow as well. Like, he's going against his favorite team. This is his first time, like, actually in a Panthers uniform regular season. Like, let's see what you can do. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't too bad. You know what I'm saying? But that balanced attack is where we're going to get a lot of opponents. So, yeah. 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 Yep. And of course, uh, we missed the show last week. So, what we'll probably do is going to do NFL uh, our season award predictions. We're probably I'm pro- probably do it middle of the season ish, sometime in October. It's just pushing back to there. Um, and plus, we have probably have a better gauge on who we actually could win the actual awards at that time. So, uh, yeah. a lot a lot of news happened this week. So it's kind of hard to add to this nah. week. All the other stuff that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to pass all that up to be honest. Yeah. So I apologize for that, but of course, like I said, we got busy lives every single week. Hey, maybe you know, last week, one of the weeks, a lot of people was gonna be out. So we good to go. Uh week two is already started, of course. If y'all saw the charge the Chiefs game, so we still bring in the field content, but let's go and take it to the basketball court to the women's basketball. Let's w- get it. Finals. Uh Trevor's Las Vegas Aces are now up two to one after they had a chance to end the series Thursday, but Connecticut Sun shot like a hundred percent to uh win the game. <laughs> yeah, they, they did not they did not miss in that game in that game three. I, I watched a little bit of it and then I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go turn this off. Atlanta's coming on soon. So I I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and just 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 call it now. Yeah, Connecticut did not miss in game three, but from what I've seen thus far in the series, um, Las Vegas is just too much, just too much for Connecticut. It, it's inevitable at this point. Uh, I, I I would highly be surprised, but also a little bit not surprised if Las Vegas blew this. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think Asia Wilson has that dog in her. She has that look in her eyes. She can literally see the championship there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chelsea Gray, who I came remember the last time she's missed a shot in the fourth quarter. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, then, of course, you're getting contributions all around uh, from Kelsey Paul and the rest of those guys. I, I do agree, Ryan. I think this series uh, is over in game four. I'll be surprised if this is back in Las Vegas. The next time I see the, Vases, the Aces in Las Vegas, it will be it should be for their parade. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, but overall, man, uh, I'm be honest with you, I'm kind of upset that this finals was this way because I really wanted to see the sky. But uh, I mean, my team is there, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, I got aces and four, man. It's, it's just that simple, yeah. To pick back on that since we recorded last week, so we didn't get to talk about uh, my Chicago sky, uh, not wanting to smoke with the aces because their four quarter was beautiful. I mean, we was up about 10 points going in the fourth quarter. I think we got a score 15 to nothing to end the game. It was, 19 to, it was like 19 15 to 4. 
I think I we're like 15 to 4 to, to close out the game. I don't think we scored the rest of the game for real. We scored four oh, the whole fourth I quarter. Thought it was 15 to 4. But I think we scored four the whole fourth quarter. <laughs> I think I didn't really look at it. We did. We scored single digits in the fourth quarter. I know that much. And we was up by 10 going to it. So uh Candace Parker, I know she was pissed off, but hey, they won championship last year. They tired out. They were probably going to lose to the Aces anyway. Uh the Aces are just a better team. Um Chelsea Gray. I don't know how she didn't make the all-star team. Uh, the starting five, she was the only one that didn't make the all-star team, and she's arguably the Adrian Wilson's the best player, but Chelsea Gray is arguably been the best player in this playoffs. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's true. I, and to, to that point, the re and the reason that she didn't have, have it, because at that point in the season leading up to the all-star game, what Chelsea Gray is on now, Jackie Young was on that Jackie Young, yeah. during the regular season. That's why she ended up getting denied. But yeah, Chelsea Gray, honestly, truthfully, has been the MVP of the entire playoffs. So, but we know the MVP award is going to Asia Wilson. Asia Wilson. So it is what it is. Yep. Which would be well deserved, man. And Ryan said, yeah, absolutely. Ryan said, hopefully, the NBA finals trophy is built an all star trophy. I'll hope it too, man. I'll hope it too. <laughs> I'll hope so too, to be honest with you, 100%. Especially considering Kessie Plum is on the potential championship team and she wants to get that trophy. So, I, I would really hope they have a better trophy for her. Who? Yeah. Kessie Plum. I was about to say this group me the other day. She finally had a good shooting game. She she's good. She reminded me of Dylan Brooks, man. Cause she this whole postseason, she you saw her shooting up, but it was like five for 19, two for uh 10, um <laughs> six for 21. Finally- I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said Dylan. I'd probably go on the limb and say on the I mean, because of the shooting numbers looking like dates, yeah. yeah. I probably nice I would have went more like James Harden. That's nice Harden, maybe yeah. Kelsey Plum is down there on stop in the regular yeah. season, but when it comes to the playoffs, it's like she can't hit a shot to to, to save her life. I'm just sitting here, I'm because I watched Game Two, and I'm sitting here, and even though the Aces were up comfortably, I'm like, I am not seeing Kelsey Plum make a three point shot open or what have you. I'm like, at some point, I'm just looking at things myself. At some point, those shots gonna have to start. So let me uh, ask y'all a basketball question real quick because y'all definitely watch the WNBA a lot more than me. And I'm looking at the box score. And what I'm seeing is the Aces starters, like y'all just gave them a lot of props. But I'm also seeing that like literally one player on the Suns team have more than the bench for the, you know, for the Aces. Do y'all yeah. think that the team may be a factor in, you know, the starting lineup with the Aces? So the Sun don't necessarily go that deep as well. Uh, they are a little deeper than the Aces, but they're not like I think both. Once you get to postseason, your starters are playing. Yeah, your your rotation anyway. shrinks and shrinks yeah. the postseason. So you're um, you're probably not playing no more than eight eight people in the, in the I, True, I, but still at the same time, like I said, if you look at last Bosco, like I don't even think anybody on the Aces scored three points. You know, from the bench, yeah. and I get but, like the condensing. I get it, but you, you kind of do need a little help. Also, what happened this past game was Connecticut shot lights out, but they also finally adjusted because they're a bigger team. So they yeah. finally, I forgot who they put on. Um, they put somebody on Chelsea Gray. That, uh, they put somebody on bigger on Chelsea Gray. Yeah, that. they finally like yeah. finally adjusted to them having a bigger team. So I don't think necessarily the depth is hurting as much, uh, but I think we all expect the Aces to win game for it. Becky Hammond is the best coach. She going just. Greg Popovich and shout out to John Morant. He was a guy too as well. Yeah, he I, told, I told everybody this is literally like the Warriors when they switched from Mark yeah. Jackson to Steve Kerr. Yep. Like literally. the Aces were already dogs. They just needed somebody to adjust their offense. Uh, yep. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Uh, the Aces are very star heavy. 
compared to the Connecticut sign. So there you go. Yeah. So I think uh I think they won game and finally being fit to sign, but oh overall I think the Aces will still pull it out. Becky Hammond, she been coaching, she been coaching circles around uh these coaches this postseason. The Seattle series is still like marvelous. Uh, oh my so. goodness! Uh, that's the, I would probably put that in top ten all time basketball playoff series, NBA or WNBA. I'm just gonna be honest with you. That's just how great the Sun, I mean, not the Sun, the Storm and the Aces were in that series, both teams. So. Yeah. And basically, what the Aces are now is what Golden State was when Kevin Durant was there. Basically, yep. Gotcha. Took, for comparison's yeah. sake. So like yeah, yeah it hurt some, but they probably still gonna win <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Oh, all right, they just got the best. Yeah, because Becky Hammond, I I don't I'm knowing her and how great she is of a coach. I don't think this gets out of Connecticut with the Aces uh, losing. Yeah, I, I I truly don't think this gets out of Connecticut. Yeah, we're gonna be shocked people next year next year if uh this series if it's going to game five. I promise. <laughs> we're gonna be shocked if the Connecticut Sun win the game. That period, but yeah, I, I do expect yeah. the end of four, but him having another home game and winning and taking the back for game five. Not complete shock, but I expect the Aces to win game four. But the Aces, if they yeah. come back and lose the series, the Aces, I don't know if they can recover because they've been on the edge the last couple of years and they've had the best team the last couple of years, um, yeah. talent wise. So it's like this they find time to finally get up the hump. So, no, I say it, it, I think this is it because I, I think Chelsea and Asia see it, it's right mm-hmm. there, and I think they're gonna do everything they can to make sure they, they get it done. Well, let's come break for a second for a word from our sponsor. Let's Be Real Media is pleased to announce we are sponsored by Ralph Brand. Ralph culture is surrounded by skates, punk, and hip-hop art. We are looking forward to co-designing materials for this journey with them. Please visit RalphBrand.com for purchasing merch now and for future collaborations with Let's Be Real Media. All right, we back, man. Uh, as y'all always know, follow us on Twitter at LPR underscore media. Uh, listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, wherever you want to listen to us, any podcast platform. And of course, we're live on YouTube every Saturday morning. And sometimes during the week, I drop a, a video like I did that college uh, football week one uh, recap a couple weeks ago. Planned to drop another video this past week with the Titans, but I had a uh, sinus uh, congestion all week, so I wasn't able to get it dropped. But uh, spend more content in the coming weeks, but time to get some serious topics. Like we said, let's be real. We get to the real on this show. Took Robert Sarver, what you got? Yes, sir. So we're gonna keep it official for right now. Uh, recording according uh, to CNBC, uh, NBA suspends Suns owner Robert Sarver for a year over workplace harassment, racial slurs. Uh, he was fined $10 million, and the investigation review um, included more than 80,000 documents relating to service conduct uh, within the organization. Um, it's gotten to a point where, where now their sponsor, PayPal, um, pretty much said that we will not be you know, supporting the Suns if Sarver's owner next season. So essentially, in my opinion, we're going to be looking at new ownership for the Suns within the next year or so. Um, Trev, what's your thoughts, bro? Uh, yeah, 100%. I just feel that in this case with Robert Sarver, it's nothing more than just white privilege that's ruined his ugly head. Um, Robert Sarver just spilled that because he owns the Suns, he signs the checks, and he's just an old white guy that he 
can just do whatever he wants for uh, what reasons I'm not sure. And it hurt so much because the Suns were really on the upswing as far as finally becoming a, a contender because there was at one point people were calling for him to sell the team because back, I think a couple of years back, he was kind of plotting to try to get the Suns to move to Seattle if they didn't approve on his new plan for a new arena or something like that. So he's had his hand in some dirt uh, with the Phoenix Suns for, for quite some time. Um, so I, I don't really think that the year suspension and the fine does any justice for him um, because he's just going to go back to doing what he's been doing Um the moment he's he's cleared of all of this so that's why i feel that um the players association is going to step in and probably try to get something else done similar to what happened with um um Cooper's guy i can't remember his name at the moment no, uh, so what no i would say okay. the Cooper. oh uh, no, it just hit me it just okay. hit me. uh so yeah the adam still in the nba kind of dropped the ball here um and I find it, I hate to be devil's advocate on this, but I find it oddly convenient that this is coming up now because 2024 will be here soon, which, of course, will mean the end of the CBA. And you best believe what's been going on with the players and what's been going on with Robert Sarver. There's going to be some tension when it comes to them negotiating the new CBA, which could potentially lead to another lockout. And th- this is not pretty. So if I'm the, if I'm out of silver right now, I need to get this whole thing under control with Robert Sarver. Um, at this point, force him to sell the team because you even got the minority owner who's basically second under him as far as owning the most shares in the Suns calling for his job. Um, so uh, we can only just uh, hope and pray that Alvin Silver and the NBA can work with the Players Association to come to some kind of resolution. Um, it's kind of weird that you have to force an owner to sell the team, but at this point, I it is what it is. We saw, we've seen it happen before with Donald Sterling with the lifetime ban and everything. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that within the coming months that this is the same fate that happens with Robert Sauber. I think uh, before you go, Shark, I think and to answer um, Ryan's question, I think that the, there are, you know, protocols, you know, corporate, the, the NBA is a legit business. Now you do have to do certain, you know, paperwork and all that BS, but I don't think the NBA dropped the ball per se. I think they did what's the most they can do for right now, uh, which the, the, the max fine is $10 million. You know, the, the best ascension, you know, I guess right now will be a year. So the NBA, did what they can do within their sense. But you also got Chris Paul, who's past president of the, you know, Players Association, if I said him. Yeah, that's what they mm-hmm. So, and now you got it to where the money's starting to hurt. So now I think um, once the, the the league gets the three-fourths votes from the owners, because they do got to go through that protocol. So I think within like the next year or so, we'll hear about new ownership for the Suns. But I think right now the NBA literally can't say we're going to force you, you know, to trade, to sell your team because that's, you know, you mess with people's money and lifestyle at that point too. I mean, it's not really messing with money and lifestyle. It's like, bro, it's going to get a pretty – He's going to get a bag, but, you know, he's still – like bag for selling the team, and then he's just going to fade into uh, – fade to black, just like Donald Sterling. As, as he should, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? If you're if you're an owner of a team and you know what I'm saying, you want to keep your team as, as long as you possibly could, regardless of if I'm a dickhead or not. Like that's still his quote unquote team. 
Yep. And that's kind of, I kind of lean more towards Tuke uh, as well. I think I was leaning more towards how Trevor felt with, uh, earlier this week. But also, on the other hand, was thinking, like, what more could you really do? He is the owner of the team. He works for the owners. So it's kind of like your your hands are kind of tied for so much you can do. Yeah. And I was trying to remember exactly how they did get Donna Sterling out. And so I was thinking, like, I understood, like, oh, they could do the same exact thing. But maybe it's different circumstances, circumstances yeah. this time where they couldn't do the exact same thing. But like Tuke just said, maybe it's about I to think start with coming the, out. With the Donna Sterling thing, he actually said his words publicly. Yeah, they called, yeah, it was voice. Yeah, message. it was. There we go. I mean, yeah, yeah, then he had all the other stuff going on with him, too, uh, with the housing discrimination thing, all of that. But uh, to answer Sharky's question real quick, it was kind of what Tuke just mentioned. Uh, how they got done sort of like Adam Silver had a meeting with all 30 owners and they all came to a vote to whether or not they wanted to kick this guy out. Because you gotta remember in sports, the owners are the ones who employ yeah. the commissioner of the commissioner, NBA exactly. to uh, be, do the yeah. job as commissioner. So uh I wouldn't be surprised if it was a similar case to where they have another meeting and have all the owners vote on it. And I believe to two's point, I think if three quarters of it passes. Say that so, we want to get him out, then they're going to kick him out. Yep, I respect that. I also like uh, well, I don't like, but you know, like Chris Paul, you know, he was in L.A. when this stuff darn starting to happen. He's in Phoenix when this happens. It's like, dang, bro, like <laughs> everything he go to, like he followed. Now I'm pretty sure that more. Damn, bro, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm sure they are more worse owner. They are owners that I just like them. Probably all the other teams, but I, I need to find. We need to find, we need to find a, a, a candidate <laughs> for Sharky here. We got conspiracy two, Clairborn, Trevor, and we need another one. We need one for Sharky because <laughs> that when I'm I with the Sharks. Jared started speaking out the other ones. That was the difference. That might be true. Yeah, because yeah. he showed and they showed. They showed him like um, NFL. We need something with with Dan Snyder ASAP. Um, so y'all got that. Y'all already. I, we just find this on that one because, uh, at very least, I can say this NBA they finally came to something with Robert Sarver. Man, it not been yeah. what we wanted, but something finally happened. Dan Snyder, this stuff we've been hearing about for years. Robert Sarver, we just heard about last year, and so, it's probably wow. still going on if you really want to talk. Think about it. Exactly. So, <laughs> I, at least I, I would commend anybody on this. Something finally happened, and war is probably going to happen. It is, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's similar, it's gonna for the NFL to actually say something, it's gonna take something that's really gonna hit them and affect the money. Mm-hmm. To for them to really get serious. Yeah, you just lost PayPal. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, what you're talking about NFL, NFL. NFL. Yeah. Oh, NFL, NFL, yeah, NFL. The commanders. Yeah, with the commanders, it's gonna take a serious sponsor to say, "Hey, we're not gonna sponsor you anymore," and then folks are gonna really start listening. So basically, NFL owners are worse than NBA owners. Is what we a lot worse. A lot worse. Ain't no, ain't no, no black. It's true. We finally got minority. We finally got minority black owner, I think, for the Broncos or something. Or did they get that position? If I ain't mistaken, I, I need to look that up. I think, yeah, I think it's a minority. I think it's a minority black minority owner. though. It's still not like it's a part of a, He's part of a group, yeah, group. owned yeah. by, of course, a, a, a white guy. Yeah, minority is like yeah. vice president. Now nah, we need a president. We need an Obama. <laughs> <in this world. laughs> hey, Michael so, Jordan on the one NBA. Who who is Michael Jordan on the one NBA? Oh, if I'm missing, oh, uh, you got a really? lot of celebrities that are like minorities. I know. Yeah. Nah, he's yeah. talking about like top. That's like top. Yeah, top, like top. top like just the team like got stuck in the greases. I think Bob <laughs> Johnson is. I think Bob Johnson is the owner of a team, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's MJ. 
It's just MJ. Okay. okay. For the Hornets. Yeah. yeah. It's MJ. It's just he MJ. bought it from Bob Johnson. So yeah, it's, it's MJ. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Come on, basketball mind trail. <laughs> basketball <laughs> mind trail. Oh my God, nice. Come on, man. But I'm just I got two many of them, man. I got one of these just got a stick. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> hey man, you wear multiple hats, man. To say, then we gonna get on this game and you're gonna wear one more one more hat. I show I'm looking at my desk right now. I just gotta put that junk together and I just gotta get a monitor to put in here. Once I do all that, it's off and running. I ain't gonna lie to you. One thing about this Sarver case, though, just kind of getting back to it, is like I find it funny how when the NBA's coming at him, he's always making some kind of excuse. So, like, <laughs> he is one thing. ESPN did a good job with that article. It says uh, one day when you know Errol Watson was the coach, um, like one of his first games, he uh, he came up to the locker room. It's like, yo, why Draymond Green get to run up a court to say the word nigga? So I'm like, <laughs> Errol Watts was like, nah, you, you, you can't say that. You know what I'm saying? It's been, it's been occasions where, you know, um, he would go around and having his wife in a bikini and sending the picture around. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? We talk about some of the co-owners um, that of the Suns, and one of the quotes, it says, the level of misogyny and racism is beyond pale. It's embarrassing as an owner. So when you got quotes like this and people even within the organization coming out and saying that he shouldn't be owner, I think we're kind of going to start seeing the same thing that we saw in the in the Donald Sterling case. Um, yeah. Because he didn't say anything publicly per se, I think it may yeah. take just a little bit longer. I could be wrong, but because he hadn't publicly said, unless the, the documents and everything are unleashed and everything, yeah. but he hadn't quote unquote said anything in public. So I think it may take a little longer. Yeah. When you're saying that women shouldn't come to work just so you can stay home and, and care for your child, and also when you're trying to use women as a way to get free agents to come here and not just in the way that, of course, we all know that it's me and you, especially on college recruiting, college, so, yeah, especially in college. But like literally you're using women and saying, hey, go get pregnant by this free agent and entice him to stay in Phoenix or sign with Phoenix so he can start a family in Phoenix. You know, you saying that it made me think about I listened to either I Am Athlete or Pivot podcast the other day. I think with the episode, it was old episode, Taylor Warren was on the uh, Taylor Warren yeah. on the Pivot podcast. They talked something about our Arizona State used to do that <laughs> with the women. Yeah, the it, 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 it's yeah. crazy. And now I understand with the other story that went viral. If you know, you know, he probably sent that woman to the bubble. If you know, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. So. <laughs> But also, Taylor Warren, he said he chose Michigan over Arizona State because of that. Because he was like, man, I'm trying to go to the NFL. All these beautiful women like this now. Nah, I need to, uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna. <laughs> <laughs> hey, keep it podcast. Shout out to them now, man. Right, clocking them down. Right, that, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they, they had John recently. So shout out yeah, to Yeah, uh, man. Great episode. Great episode. Great episode. Yes, great episode. Great episode. Uh, one more point I want to make is that being out here, you do kind of hear like what people have to say about the signs. Um, one of the things that they have said is that the the stadium or arena per se is still old, traditional, lacking, you know, different things like that. And it's, you know, I'm saying Phoenix grow progressively really into one of those bigger cities. I think getting an owner like Sarver out and getting some new leadership, new fresh blood in um, that, that, that wouldn't mind spending money to help, you know, make this situation in, you know, playing in basketball in the arena better. 
I think that'll help the Suns out a lot because, like I said, people do go to the games and they literally say it's one of the most boring atmospheres to be in because you just go in and watch basketball. That's it. When meantime, of course, you come to Memphis, it's something different. You go to L- the L.A. markets, it's something different. You go anywhere else, it's different. But here, I think that now that if we can get Sarva out, I think that the Suns will be a better team, you know, off the court, per se. Yeah, to that yeah point. and I think it and it goes back to the point where they was trying to uh where Sarver was really trying to push it was a shady way of doing it, was trying to push to get a new arena built and threatened to sell the team and move it to Seattle yeah. mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when he didn't uh, yep. get it away. So now by him getting out and you give this new, you know, this fresh new blood in, you know, possibly a new arena, possibly improvements can be made to make um the arena a little bit more attractive uh, for f- people to come to Suns games rather than just coming to the game because you know you get it's a whole different experience at FedEx Farms, a different experience at Crypto.com Arena. I almost said Staples Center again. <laughs> I had to remember <laughs> that it's not that. So yeah, I, I think once Sarva is out of there, I think things can finally be on the up and up um, for the Phoenix Suns. But we'll see. And that's a you think about like the Lakers, uh, the show winning time and the Lakers documentary is on Hulu right now. How they Jared Buss made sure they had entertainment in the arena. He the one, I guess, who probably really started all of that to make sure like they had yeah, he was. different things. He was. Just what you said about Phoenix, it's like wow, there's really a team that don't do that right now. And that's kind of wild to think about. But let's move forward from one crazy case to another. Uh, doesn't shock me, Mr. Brett Favre. Uh, I knew it's the reason I never liked him. I knew it's the reason I never liked so him. So, what, what happened with him specifically? Like, I, I'm still kind of lost on this one. He stole with Trevor. I, I, I could take the reins on this. So, a couple of I want to say a couple of months back, it was a case that had just uh, because I saw this on the news. Uh, it was a case being brought up in Mississippi where. Uh, just a list of people, prominent former athletes, former guys in pop culture, were part of a welfare scam where they were taking money uh, from uh, Mississippi's welfare program and just lining their own pockets. And among those people, Brett Favre was included. Uh, Brett Favre was included. Former Oklahoma uh, running back Marcus Dupree was included. Uh, former wrestling great Teddy Biasi was included. It was a, like a bunch of people <clears throat> included in this. Uh, so with Brett Favre, he recently took this money that he stole again from uh, the Department of Human Services from the food stamp uh, people in Mississippi and used that to buy a new volleyball uh, court for his daughter on the campus of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. However, it goes a little bit deeper than that. So the ring leader of this whole scam is actually Mississippi's current governor, Tate Reeves, and their former governor, Phil Bryant. So essentially when all this news broke and everyone's pouring their fingers at Brett Favre, I'm like, oh, they're making Brett Favre be the fall guy here because the governors of Mississippi been getting over. They've been stealing, uh, they've been doing this for years. The current governor and the former governor have been taking money from Mississippi's food stamp program for years. And now you're wondering why the state capital, Mississippi, Jackson, which is 80 percent black. Now you're wondering, like, wow, why can't 
Mississippi, why can't the government just like fix this water issue that's going on in Mississippi? Now you know why, because they're taking money from the food stamp program and lining their own pockets with it. And Brett Favre is just being set up to be the fall guy. Again, I never liked Brett Favre. I knew it was always something about him. Of course, he's had his issues and things of that nature, but I know a fall guy when I see it. And I did my mm-hmm. research on it. So yeah. And this is gonna continue because what's gonna happen is the feds are gonna tell Mississippi, like, hey, what's going on? You need to investigate, see what's going on. So basically, these two former governors are just gonna investigate themselves. And they're just gonna be like, All right, Brett, we need you to take the uh fall here, and uh we're just gonna keep this whole thing moving. That's pretty yeah. much what we're at. The poor state, exactly what Ryan just said. It's, it's wild. And like I said. Red Far, well, he got six million dollars for the new stadium. You know how much money he made? I don't know exactly how much money he made over his career, and he still got these copper feet commercials. <laughs> <laughs> he got test messages yeah. that basically what came out this week was the test messages that he have with the governor, former governor, that yeah. uh, came out. So, like Trevor said, it's kind of setting up for him to be a fall guy, which he should serve some time for this, and we're gonna see yeah. if he actually does serve some time for this because, as we know, and people say on social media this week. Our people ask skin color, fighting dogs and kneeling for the Ash Anthems. You know, they they stuff happens to them, but you know, people actually steal the money. When when your own when the gov when the own governor or your state prefers one city in the state over another, and he this is come out Tate Reeves' mouth. He's like, it feels really good to be in Hattiesburg, but not so much to be in Jackson. Again, Jackson, Mississippi, the state capital of Mississippi of Mississippi is eighty percent black. So do that what you will. And, and also when, when confronted about the whole thing when it came to Brett Favre's uh getting the volleyball court for his daughter, he was like, Well, I don't know why Jackson State is getting a new stadium. I'm like, but Jackson State is doing this on their own. Like Deion Sanders is literally taking money from his own pocket to try to mm-hmm. build up Jackson State. Something that you could do, but you know, you're too busy taking millions from the food stamp program and just putting that in your own pocket. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And I've been to Hattiesburg, man. That's what the city they prefer. I've been to Hattiesburg, too. It is not much to jump home about. Like, I understand if it was Oxford or, again, it's Jackson. Like, but Hattiesburg, <laughs> Hattiesburg, is, Hattiesburg is what Jackson, Tennessee is to Tennessee to Mississippi, yeah. in my opinion. That's what it is. It's Jackson, Tennessee. What Jackson, Tennessee yeah. is to Memphis. Hattiesburg is about the same thing, about two, maybe out and a half hours away from Jackson. It's like yeah. that. <laughs> Damn. I don't know what to say. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I had to like bring it all home because I think if you just look at it straight from from what's been coming from Alabama Farm, you wouldn't get the full context of it. Like this, this has been something that's been going on for years. The story was broken like months ago, and I wonder like what had happened with the story because I'm like, huh, that's interesting. We got all these people in Mississippi taking millions from uh food down <laughs> program with this welfare scam. Like I, I know something about to come down on that. And when now that I know that the governor was behind it, I was like, Oh yeah, that's why ain't nothing happened right now. Because <laughs> the governor is in on it. Mm, beautiful. And right, uh he said Clarksdale baby, he from Clarksdale, Mississippi. So Clarksdale, okay. Shout out. That's actually my uh, my dad and my family. They're from Clarksdale as well, where they grew up in Clarksdale. Uh, my dad's actually born in Chicago, but they grew up in Clarksdale. So, yeah, same kind of 
I had to grow up there, but I've been I normally go down there a lot. So Mississippi, man. I, I, and you know what? The, the not just even Mississippi, but the government area has always been corrupt. You got you hearing so much about fraud cases now. Like it's like last year with the NBA players. Uh before that the NFL players couldn't import it. Was it couldn't import it, you Or it was Yeah, I I have to go back and research. I, had to look. I think it, it was a scam going on with the NFL too, with uh I believe it was their pension or something. So yeah, that's like with the NBA is with, with their whole thing, uh, with those players. So yeah, it's a lot going on, man. If you really, yeah. if you dig, if you dig deep enough, you'll find something. I promise you. Let you know how much, how many selfish people are there are in this world, man. But mm-hmm. that's why we're here to give you the news. Shout out to Trevor, man, for doing in-depth analysis. <laughs> I'll tell you about that, man. That was so yeah. Awesome. I had to put two and two together because I, I, because when everything came out with Brett Favre again, I thought back to months ago. Like I'm literally at work, and it just so happened to come up on the news, and I'm like, "Damn, a welfare scam going on in Mississippi." I'm like, "What's going on here?" So now I know why nothing's been done about it in all this time. Nice. All right, man. Nobody, anybody else in trolling now? If not, we kicking it. We need to try. I need to try to get a trolling now. <laughs> I haven't. I, I haven't been able Uh-oh. to get one. But well, guess what? I got one. Let's go. Yes, let's go. All right, man. I don't know why I thought about this. Uh, dang, I think I looked and forgot it. Oh no, I know I got it. Uh, I don't know. I think it was on y'all last last show. I missed with y'all. Somebody said something. Or it was maybe the uh, three the harder way. Shout out to three the harder way with Tuka uh, Savage and uh, Sheedy. I don't know if y'all did shooting guard rankings already. Yeah, y'all had maybe. Paul George. Y'all had Paul George and y'all rankings, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, who's the better number thirteen? Paul George or PG thirteen movies? Really, this is more of a would you rather. I was like, would you rather, yeah. yeah so would I rather have Paul George on the Grizzlies <laughs> or watch PG-13 movies? Yep. Or watch the, I'm trying to think, the best PG-13 movies would be the Marvel series. It's literally if you want Paul George on the Grizzlies or you want superhero movies. Right. Do you want Marvel? Do you want the MCU? Or do you, you want, want Paul George on the Grizzlies? Or Paul George on the Grizzlies? <laughs> And that's actually because Paul George that was a, that was a, that was a good one. Damn. <laughs> I thought it was PG-13, PG-13. I'm like, which PG-13 you like? Good one, Paul bro. Like, it, 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 people like, it's harder if you really think about it because like Paul George on the Grizzlies <laughs> would mean a championship kind of essentially. But again, <laughs> yeah, Paul, like, Paul George ain't no slouch. I ain't like, I, I, right. I mean, yeah, he had he that one. Yeah, he perfect. Yeah, right. like, yeah, he, he's had that. Let's be honest, we be clowning Paul George for basically his performance in the bubble. That's really just that, and that's just one season out Literally, of yeah, really one season out of plenty where he's been tops in the league at his position. And, and again, his last, season, his last season in Oklahoma City, he was literally a final finalist for MVP with two bad shoulders. Let's just keep and it his last time in the playoffs, he and his Kawhi, last Leonard, time Kawhi Leonard got hurt, and he still carried them to the West Conference Finals. Hey, I got to bring, yeah. I got, I got to bring it back, bro. This, this answers my question, dog. I got to bring it back. Uh, <laughs> I got to bring it back, dog. This, this is going uh, to change. Change, bro. I got to bring the back. I think it's, it's, it's over this show, man. We, we, we definitely got to go with the PG thirteen. Damn, but Paul, hey man, Paul George on the grids. Yes, we did. 
Yes, he did. I, I, I will say that. Yeah, as old as Joe Ingles is, he's getting signed by everybody. I, I, I refuse yeah, to go that. back to that multiverse and revisit that series. <laughs> that, that was just crazy. You got Paul George getting killed by Joe Ingles. You got Russell Westbrook just keying in on Ricky Rubio. I'm like, bro, Ricky Rubio dropped 20. Yes, but that's not going to happen every series. Like, focus on this guy, Donovan Mitchell, that's, like, killing Melo right now on this screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. I thought about that like last week or so, man. That was, That's a good one. Down. That's a good one. Yeah, it's brain down. See, we need but, a scholar on this one. Scholar would have enjoyed that one. I actually got, I actually yeah, got I actually one. Got Let me see. I'm trying to... Keep them coming. Let's go. Which one? <laughs> Would you rather a troll or now? Uh, troll or now. Give me All one right. second. Let me look this up real quick because I'm going to... Okay. So just trolling off for trolling all purposes because we kind of haven't talked football a lot. So trolling all, and I eat my words when next episode whenever we talk about it. But this Chiefs team will have a better record than last year's Chiefs team. Trolling. What's their record? They was living at six. Oh, they went twelve and five. We won twelve five last year. We got Tupper going. They were have a better yeah. record than last year. Mm-hmm. So that means you got them going thirteen, 13 and four. And four. 14 and three, I say. I mean, 13 and just, just overall. I say troll. I think they. I, I think, think, I think, I think they're gonna be right to 12 right and five. Yeah, they'll be right back to 12 and five. Or 11 and six, because that schedule is uh murder, murder. That schedule is murder brutal, road. and I'm gonna be honest with you. Down the stretch, they gonna miss Tyreek Hill. I, I'm just telling mm-hmm. you right now, because they don't, they don't have a number one like. As I was telling people now, Juju Smith-Schuster is not yeah. a number one receiver. Uh, MVS is not a number one receiver. So they're going to miss Tyreek Hill down the stretch. We got to see it. We got to see it. But I think I may be freezing out a moment. But, like, from what I'm seeing from him between the last two games is they did a thing. They, they did a thing. I'll say this. A lot of people are getting on them out that they won the game. It feel like the Chargers shouldn't want. The Chargers always do that. I, you know, they do that every year. They, I don't know why people surprised. But seeing the Chiefs win the game that way, like ugly, where they didn't have to score 40 points, 35 points, seeing them win a the game like that where you can get a pixie, uh, defense, a key defensive play, um, that's kind of scary a little bit because they normally don't. When they get in those type of games, they lose them. And seeing them actually yeah. win a game like this, like, oh, they actually can win those type of games. They won, they won a game off defense. Yeah, they can actually right. win the game. Yeah, but that, I, I, I give I give credit credit to do. It was a great yeah. play. Yeah, it's the Chargers, I mean. But the it was the Chargers. They do it. Yeah, that Justin Herbert was throwing to was tired. It's tired. to come out the game, and you still ran a no huddle and threw a pass to him. Like, bro, was like <laughs> – after I gave Brandon Staley credit for actually kicking field goals and punting on fourth down, he actually yeah. wanted to steal. Like you, literally, you literally, bro, literally got up before y'all went back in this no huddle and was doing this like, yo, I need to come out the game. Y'all rushed right to the line and threw it to him once again and saw what happened. So, but yeah, if the Chiefs can win those type of games where it's like real, real ugly, it, it could be scary for the for the AFC because they it. Shows everybody that again they don't have to just come out and score forty, you know, against everybody and uh, either blow them out or just win a shootout with whoever. Yep. All right, man, that does it. Uh, I forgot to add it. Oh, it'd be too late for everybody to try to look at uh, the NFL schedule, but we'll start adding NFL upset of the week. Uh, each of us have our upset of the week starting next week. 
Uh, maybe this week I just posted on Twitter, so y'all let me know who y'all upset the week is after this episode. Post it on Twitter. Uh, no thing I did. I'll, I'll announce mine. Uh, be on the lookout for New Orleans possibly upsetting the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it is upset. It is. I don't even it consider it. They're they're a three point underdog. I know. I know. Tom Brady is zero four against the I'm Saints. Surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you didn't give us that bet because that's shoulder. That's already. I, really, my, uh, I, I wanted to put that one, but at the same time, I'm like, that's already Saint, in my uh. My, the Saints, uh, the, the Saints, kind of best little Saints, kind of you know their performance last week was kind of iffy to me, and then week, week one, I know man. Brady and Brady and company was horrible against Dallas, but it was yeah. Dallas. Let's just keep it above. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think if this had the Saints beat. Atlanta comfortably, then I probably would have gone with that. The Jets beat the Browns. That's I that's a lot that of what I see. That's what I see a lot. Yeah, yeah they got they got us. They got the Giants beat us. So I guess it, hell, if you want one, take me. Take take y'all take favorite. Me. Y'all favorite against the y'all Giants. Favorite to win. Oh, the Giants with the favorite to win. Oh, that's oh, what I'm so pick y'all. So pick y'all. Let me see. Yeah, yeah, they got they got the Giants. Oh, uh, uh, Jazz Coats. See the thing with the Jazz Coats. A lot of these, you know, the Colts ain't beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville since 2014. So, although they're not favorite, they ain't won. Yeah, I wouldn't call that an upset. It's an upset, but It is. Yeah, like, I mean, the same thing. It is. I'm calling it a possible upset because. Tennessee plus 10. Tennessee over Buffalo is a true upset. But Tennessee do that. They lose to a bad team to beat a good team. They lose to bad teams to beat the good team. So, it's kind of like. Even that's like, yes, upset. Really is because how they hype up Buffalo. But it's like, it wouldn't be that surprising. Uh, I definitely take Tennessee plus 10 in that game. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Uh, But, yeah, we got a fun week two coming up. But, of course, as y'all know, free the Hardaway podcast for Tuke, Savage, and uh, Sheedy. Y'all got uh, y'all dropping like flies for these episodes, man. Shout out to y'all. Uh, let's talk about Uncle Mike. He dropped a new one talking about Nick Cannon. Then Nick Cannon proceeded to have another child born and got two more in the way after this episode. So, you know, yep. hey, shout out to Nick Cannon, I guess. Shout out to Uncle Nick. <laughs> shout out to Uncle Nick. <laughs> but remember, check us out, man, on uh, YouTube live every Saturday. Uh, every episode is available afterward. Uh, with four subscribers away from 100, come on, y'all skills to 100, man. We've been battling it. Y'all give us up for 100, man. Four more, four more. Uh, we need to get to 100, man. We, I'm, I'm telling you now, shoot with us in the gym while we're in the gym because when the price go up, don't say exactly. I didn't warn you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hit that notification Tell button. Your friends, man. Send, send this out to somebody you love that, that know they love sports, that want to argue with us, you know, agree with us, disagree, whatever. We we take it all. We, we take it all. Big pause, but we'll take it. <laughs> so, so. Of course, uh, listen to us on uh, any podcast and platform. Uh, rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And hit the notification button when you subscribe on YouTube as well. So you can get notified when we do go live. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at the one, D-A-O-N-E underscore P-Shark. Yeah, I'm at the Art of Trevor on Twitter. Uh, that's my starting five stick, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm at the Art of Trevor. And I'm at Tab here, man. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Yep, yeah, for sure. Go follow other members. Uh, underscore Skylito. It's really Sheedy. Uh, what's my what's Savage Twitter handle? M Savage nine hundred one. Okay, I didn't know if he changed it. Well, yeah, it's uh, M Savage nine hundred one. Uncle Mike is it Uncle underscore Michael? Uncle Mike. I'm gonna make sure I get this right. Uh, coming up, I think he had like a sixty three days too. Sixty three. There we go. <laughs> but 
y'all know where to follow us, man. Twitter is where we're mostly at. Uh, <laughs> I, I will be live on my guy Jason Fearman's show for a Jeopardy episode in about 30 minutes uh, at 11.30 Central. So check me out live. I think it'll be live on the 33 Podcast Facebook. I'll double check and post it on my Twitter page. Uh, so until next time, peace. Peace.